And now for those most famous words in motorsports, Big Machine Records recording artist, Steel Magnolia. Drivers, start, start your, your engines. engines. Crank them up, gang. There you go, ready. Crank it up with your eyes. Crank it up with your eyes. All right, and welcome into another edition of the Up Speed Podcast. Tyler had Dalton Mullinax with you as always, coming off of a big weekend as NASCAR made its return to Nashville for the first time in almost four decades. Dalton, we must be pretty stupid because neither one of us picked Kyle Larson to win on Sunday. And what did he do? He went out there and kicked everybody's butt for the third consecutive points race and fourth race in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at our picks, you just look back at it and you're like, why? I mean, we got, we both picked from the Hendrick camp. We just picked sure. um, the wrong driver. We, ch- we picked the, we, we didn't pick the best driver, but yeah, he smoked them. I, I mean, I, I think back to when Jimmy was at the height of his dominance. And I think back to in 2007 when he reeled off four straight wins at the end of the season to wrap up the championship battle he had with, um, Jeff Gordon but like and I don't have the numbers in front of me but I don't feel like he I don't think he dominated those races the way that Kyle Larson has just flat dominated all the ones that he's won particularly in the past three weeks so and there's no telling when this momentum is going to end but I feel like what we're witnessing right now is something that's going to be talked about for a long long time like man remember that summer Kyle Larson had or summer into fall however long this lasts like we're witnessing something really special with a really really talented driver well i think the thing that's most impressive is that he's done it on all different style of tracks Mm -hmm. you know it's not like he you know we've ran three consecutive point paying you know mile and a half no i mean we've ran three different tracks and and he's body's butt on each of them i mean look we've, we've talked about how the Hendrick cars and Chevy Chevy cars as a whole have, have been better this year. Yeah. And would you are, you know, put the most talented driver in the field in arguably the best car in the field, you, you get a butt whooping. Yeah. Well, and I think on Sunday, it wasn't necessarily the Hendrick dominance that we've seen over the past couple of weeks. The Hendrick cars were definitely running up there, but you saw the likes of Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Like there were other teams that were kept, capable of running up in that top three but Kyle Larson was just in another zip code so I don't even think this was an instance of man Hendricks just firing on all cylinders I think that was an instance of Kyle Larson is just better than everybody else right now yeah yeah that's a good point I mean because you know in past weeks it's been you know the Hendricks show and then you know Larson won those races but yeah yeah, point I mean because it was just it was it was Larson and then literally everybody else Yeah, and this was a track, too, that he had never seen before. So guys like Kyle Busch, Kevin Harper, Brad Keselowski, Austin Dillon, these guys have gotten multiple laps on this track in other series, of course, and also gotten victories as well. And I figured that had to count for something. But Kyle Larson goes in there, no practice, and goes out there like he's seen this track 100 times before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what what he's doing right now is – it's probably not unprecedented. It's impressive, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, and you think about it, it's like, okay, when when is this going to stop? Like, all right, this weekend we're going to go to Pocono. He runs really well at Pocono, and obviously we know the Hendrick cars are strong in general. Going to go to run America. Going to run a great road course. Just got to win there. Going to go to Atlanta. He nearly won Atlanta a couple weeks ago. Like, there's just no, like, any, I don't see anything on the schedule that says, yeah, well, it's going to stop right here for him because he's good literally everywhere. 
Well, that's the thing. I mean, in all seriousness, it's probably not until you get to Daytona where you're like, eh, yeah, but I mean, but heck, that's Daytona. So, sure. you know, everybody's got essentially the equal chance of winning down there. So it's like, like you said, when does this stop? Well, and by the time we get to Daytona, he could have such a huge amount of playoff points and such a huge amount of wins that what happens in the final race of the regular season literally won't matter to him. He can go out there yeah. and do whatever he wants because he could have 50 playoff points already racked up by then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very possible. So, because as of right now, and this is the most impressive thing too, I think it was six races ago, he was like 150 points back of Denny Hamlin. And after Sunday's race, he was 10 points back. Yeah. Like he, He's coming with a full team of head or full and, head of steam. And this thing, and it's not just, okay, he's on a six-race streak of finishing in the top two. He's winning stages. He's getting all these points in stages. He's getting these extra playoff points. So, like, he's doing everything he needs to do. We've got two races at Pocono this weekend. There is very likely a chance he's going to have the points lead by the time we leave. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially the way with, with the way Hamlin's running right now. Yeah, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and, and uh, I don't know, JGR as a whole, like, we started off the season where it looked like Mark Trex Jr. was going to kind of be the guy to be, got his three wins, you know, fairly quickly. And now they've kind of fallen off a little bit too. They're not running horrible, but they're not running great. And the same goes for Denny Hamlin. He went on a that ridiculous streak of top tens to start the season. Um, he got eight top tens in the first nine races. He's had one top 10 or he has one um, top five in the races since or in the, yeah. in w- one out of the last eight races since, or not nine races since. So, you know, they're not running horrible, but they're not certainly not on the level of, I guess in general, what the Chevys are doing right now. Right. Yeah. It, it's just, they're, they're not to the level you expect from them. Yeah. Um, Cause we said it like, look, Hamlin's going to keep running up front. He's going to find his way into a victory sooner rather than later. But as right now, I'm not believing that as much as I did a couple weeks ago. No, no. So, um, one team that did have a little bit of a bright spot on Sunday was Stuart Haas Racing. So Eric Amarola went out there and won the pole and had a fairly competitive race. And I wasn't necessarily in contention for the win. And I think he only ended up leading um, uh, one lap. But he finished uh, fourth. Kevin Harvick finished in the fifth position. Um, uh, but both uh, Chase Briscoe and Cole Cusk were having decent runs before they ran into some trouble. So it's one race. Maybe it doesn't mean anything, but I feel like Stuart Haas Racing, at least for the sake of the Fords, kind of took a step in the right direction. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. I mean, it was – and it was good to see them up there and competitive. You know, it was by strategy. It wasn't – you know, they got lucky. It was they, – they had the speed to run in the, the, the top ten. And that's – you know, and it was it was all four of their cars really in the top 15, you sure. know, for the entire – so, um, you know, maybe it's a step in the right direction. I think it was – I don't know if it was – the last weekend's race or or if it's been a couple weeks ago but somebody asked Rodney Childers on Twitter you know are you guys gonna figure it out and you know just it was a joke but it was also serious and he said you know he said you know we're headed in the right direction and we feel good about where we're headed so maybe this sign of things to come well and that's that's what's always funny to me when people say stuff like that and maybe that was a little bit of a joke but like you know Obviously, a team like Stuart Ross Racing is trying everything they can to make themselves better, to make themselves faster. They're not sitting there twiddling their thumbs saying, well, Hendrick's dominating. We're just going to let that keep happening. They're throwing right. everything they can at the wall. It's just not sticking as well as Hendrick Motorsports is. And 
whatever Hendrick Motorsports has hit on and found out it's working and it's going to keep working until somebody else either does what they're doing better or gets on the same level with them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, overall this race I felt like was a really good race. Um, kind of similar to Darlington as it had the long run at the very end there, but you know, I was watching these guys slide around, have trouble holding on to their cars. We had a lot of brake issues. I think the teams maybe kind of underestimated how much brakes they were going to use, but you know, a good race usually has some attrition to it. And you don't like to see people wreck necessarily, but if that means if, if these guys are having to hang on to the car so much, they're making mistakes, they're hitting the wall, they're hitting each other. That to me says that the racing is good. Yeah. No, and it was, you know, I was, obviously we had practice this week and um, the Xfinity practice on Friday within like 15 minutes, I was like, this track, yep, this is going to work. Yeah. And it was just, you know, it's unique. It's, you know, it's not a mile and a half. There's intense braking in the corners, but you get up to 180, 190 miles per hour. And it's just, it's just unique. And that's, I mean, obviously it's a great market like Nashville. I mean, it, it could be, it could be a gold mine going forward. Sure. And, and I don't know what the properties of this resin substance were, but just based off the one race I test, it works a whole lot better than PJ one because it, yeah. I maybe, I don't know if this was the intended use or not, but it allowed the groove to spread out. So they put it in one area about the, you know, middle of the race, they're running all over the place. So it widened the groove out, which is what the PJ one was supposed to do at all these tracks we've used it at, but it's never really lived up to that. So I don't know what it's going to take to put resin on these other race tracks, but that definitely seems like the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, getting back to just kind of the rules package overall, this is really the first time we've seen uh, high horsepower, low downforce at a, we can say it's close to a mile and a half. It was a mile and a third track. Definitely had the properties of a mile and a half track. And, you know, I think it's really easy to compare this race to the Coke 600 a couple of weeks ago because both races, Kyle Larson dominated. Um, there was, you know, long green flag runs through a lot of it and that kind of stuff. And, you know, apples to apples debate, I definitely preferred this Nashville race over the Charlotte race yeah. because I felt like while I was watching it, something can happen at any moment. Once we got enough into a run of the Charlotte race, I was like, okay, well, nobody's going to be able to pass each other. It's unlikely that anybody's going to spin out or make a mistake just because we know the cars weren't as difficult to drive. So if you had me ask me to pick between the two, I'm definitely going to pick the Nashville race. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. No, I agree with you there. And that's the thing is, is seeing how much the drivers were struggling to, to handle the cars. It's what you want. I and mean, we talk about it, you know, a lot, how it's, you know, you want the, the you know, the quote unquote best drivers in the world to to have to drive the most difficult cars in the world you don't want it to be easy for them yeah um i mean it's still so much up in the air we don't know what the next gen horsepower or the downforce or anything like that's going to be but and it's difficult it's interesting to me that o'donnell and phelps have completely abandoned twitter it seems like they don't interact with people anymore they don't like tweets or anything like that so i don't know what they're hearing or what they're seeing in terms of the data and the fan feedback. Um, I really hope it's not from the fan council because that's a whole another kind of mess. Um, but I mean, overall the census of people and I get Twitter doesn't, isn't a whole representation, but when you're talking about like diehard race fans, they enjoy what we see on Sunday more than what we saw at the Coke 600. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
I don't know uh, when that's going to be announced for next year. Who knows? But I hope we're at least taking these things into account. Yeah, you hope so. And again, you know, we've talked about it in the past with the new car. I mean, it's going to be a learning curve to begin with, but um, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to adjust and make the best racing possible. Sure. Um, getting back to Nashville, it seems like was a, a hit success, had all 40,000 of the grandstand seats sold out. The fans were definitely into it. Um, parking situation could have been a little bit better. I think they definitely hurt themselves on that. They were charging for parking, which is usually never a good idea. Um, and that ended up delaying the start of the race. So that aside, I feel like the weekend in Nashville went pretty well. Um, if you needed a ring endorsement to be able to bring the fairgrounds back, I think this was probably it. Um, and I know the super speedway has, I believe they're guaranteed like four races, I believe. So we're going to be going back there for the next couple of years. And again, if you give me a, a similar type of race to what we saw this year, next year, and the years after that, I'm not going to complain about it. Well, and that's the thing is, I mean, why not have both of them? Yeah. You know, um, why can't both, both of them get a, get a series, get a win or a, a race. So, I mean, you know, we'll see how it goes going forward. Like you said, they have a, they have a contract for four years and, and after that, you know, decide whether we go back for another four or, or if it's another four decades before we're back. Yeah. I don't know. I just, you know, we've added all these road courses. Um, we did the Bristol dirt thing. So like, this is the first like true oval we've really added since Kentucky got added back in uh, 2011. So I felt like it was something a little bit different. Again, we didn't really know what to expect going in. So, um, you know, I hope there's the possibility to maybe add a couple more ovals. I've been a big fan of gateway and I really hope that makes its way onto the cup series calendar, but you know, Road courses are cool. I do enjoy road courses, but the core of what we do is oval racing, and there's definitely some good options out there to get on the Cup Series schedule like we did with Nashville. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too, is, like, I think that shows you that a place that had been sitting, you know, idle for nearly a decade, you know, that, hey, you know, we can revive it and we can make it good, and I know there's already plans to – to work on stuff for next year's race. So, um, and at the end of the day, it all costs money. So, um, you know, money's the driver of everything. A track that I, I want back on the, the circuit, is, or I don't know if it ever was in the Cup Series, but is Iowa. Mm-hmm. And all you, all you ever hear is, oh, well, you know, Iowa is not going to be able to hold a Cup race. You know, it doesn't have the – okay, well, we'll put some money into it. Sure. Yeah, and the Iowa has never hosted a Cup Series race, and unfortunately it didn't make its way back onto the um, Xfinity or Truck Series schedule this season, so there's no really no telling what the future of that is. For a long time, uh, the Cup, NASCAR as a whole, as sanctioning body, had a seating requirement. If your track is going to host a Cup Series race, they have to have X amount of seats. Now, that rule was kind of put in place, you know, back when things were booming in the early 2000s when you were having – 100,000 people show up to every single race. and You could pack out every single race, no matter where you were at. We got we to gotta be realistic to where we're at now. We're not as popular as we once were. Um, it's great to, to be able to sell out venues. It doesn't happen every single time. So I, I don't think you should have to, and, and I think Nashville is a great example of this. This is a track that held like maybe 25,000 people. They brought in 15,000 more uh, temporary seats, brought up to 40,000. Now, 40,000 would have looked like a tiny crowd back in, 1999 but 
for what we're doing now, a 40,000 seat, 40,000 seat track sold out looks great. Yeah. I'll take it every day of the week. So I don't know what the, I don't know what the logistics of Iowa are. I don't know if the track is even going to survive past this year or whatever, but if there's yeah. an opportunity to get the cup series to Iowa, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some other racing from at Nashville over the weekend. Kyle Busch picks up his 100th Xfinity Series victory. It finally came. Uh, will he retire after this? We don't know. But, you know, and I, I was one of the people that, that definitely didn't enjoy when he was coming down and winning, you know, 12 races a year in the Xfinity Series. I've come to appreciate a little bit more now that we've put these limits where you can only run seven Xfinity races, only run five truck races if you're a full-time Cup Series guy. So. I hope people at least admire the accomplishment because then I get it. He's a great driver. He's in great equipment, but winning a hundred races in anything is not easy. And that's not yeah. something that we should just gloss over. He won a hundred Xfinity series races. That's not easy. To yeah. No, no, not at all. And a lot of those races up until the past five years or so were against other cup series guys, Brad Keselowski, Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano. So he wasn't the only big fish playing in the small pond. He did have competition. Okay. Yeah, he usually every week he had competition. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, is this the end of him in the Xfinity Series? I don't know. I know he's still got a couple more races this year. He hasn't said what's going to happen next year. But, you know, I, I do feel like something will be missing from the Xfinity Series if he does ultimately decide to hang it up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his comments after winning, you know, his post-race press availability, it, it sounded like this could, you know, he's got two more on the schedule for this year, and it sounds like, you know, after that, it could be, you know, it could be it, so. And I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Doesn't he just seem like he's enjoying himself more these days? He's a little bit looser. Yep. Now, again, he's still intense behind the wheel, and, you know, he's yeah. interesting radio traffic on Sunday, but just kind of like out of the car his interviews, himself in victory lane. Like we talked about it last year and in 2019, like even when he was winning truck series races, Xfinity series races, he just didn't seem like happy. He just seemed like something was yeah. like he had a chip on his shoulder, like something was bothering him. Now he seems like he's really enjoying himself. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, yeah. And that's, that's the big thing is he seems to, and that's the thing is like, even like earlier this year, he'd run second or third. He'd get out of the car and be like, yeah, good race. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you wouldn't see that in years past from you. I think he just, I think he just appreciates it more. Sure. Well, I don't know. I think because, of course, he won the title in 2019. Maybe 2020 was just a really humbling year for him because he almost yeah. won the entire season without winning a Cup Series race for the first time ever. And maybe that kind of, you know, brought him back down to earth a little bit that he needs to appreciate things a little bit more. And I think he's certainly uh, done that. And he's already got his Cup win this year already. And, um, you know, out of the, the Gibbs drivers, he's running – kind of the best out of all of them right now. So, you know, he's, he's putting himself in, in position to win more races, um, things mm. a little bit more speed. Yeah. Yeah. So a uh, truck series raced on Friday night, Ryan Priest, his first ever truck series start goes out there and gets the win for um, DGR and Priest is in such an interesting position because I don't know what his future is in the cup series, He's not in a charter ride right now. I don't know if he knows he's going to be able to, to finish out the season, but, you know, would it be the worst thing in the world if you went down to the truck series, the Xfinity series, and ran full-time? No, because I think he could be a legitimate championship contender. Well, I think you just look at a guy like John Hunter Nemechek and, and 
look what he's done this year. Mm-hmm. You know, you get you get involved with the with the right team and in the right truck. And I was actually talking to my dad about it after the race. I was like, you know, whether John Hunter moves up to Xfinity full time next year, whether he goes back Cup racing. You know, it's very possible that Kyle Busch is going to have an open seat. And a guy like Ryan Brees, I think, could be valuable. I mean, I get it was one start. I mean, sure. uh, but I think we both agree that he's he's a talented dude that um, needs to be an equipment he can win in. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe, maybe he, you know, takes the John Hunter route and, and takes a step back and, um, you know, launches himself forward, you know, in a couple years from now. Well, it definitely seems like the 37 car is the B car over at JTG Doherty, which if you think about it, that makes the most sense because he's not the chartered car. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is. So if you have the opportunity to give the 47 car something better, you're going to give him that something better. Um, so yeah. I get that perspective. And again, we don't know what the future is. That team may not even exist next year. So, you know, I think Friday was definitely a statement for Ryan Priest saying, hey, Cup Series deal doesn't work out. I can come drive here. I can go to the Xfinity series. Like he's not, he's not just going to go away. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, another note from Friday night. It was kind of weird because the usual suspects, John Nernemachek, Sheldon Creed, they were kind of non-factors in the race. I mean, really didn't mm-hmm. factor in the end of it. Todd Gillen, basically the best out of the truck series regulars had a tremendous amount of speed. Of course, he's a teammate to um, Ryan Priest. So, just kind of like an odd little shift from what we've been seeing this year where it's like, okay, John Hernemachek is going to run up front. Sheldon Creed's, you know, he's going to be up there, probably going to win the, you know, might win the race or something like that. And it just kind of felt like everything was a little bit different Friday night. Yeah. I, I thought of the weekend, I thought it was the best race. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think it's crazy. And let me pull up the Chuck series point standings here because um, so Priest ends up making the winning move by, um, passing Grand Enfinger. And Grand Enfinger, of course, is not running the full schedule this year. He's splitting that 98 truck with um, um, Christian Eckes. Christian Eckes, of course. Um, but he's, he's run all but one race. So Grand Enfinger is currently sitting sixth in points overall in the truck series, but he is not allowed to be in the playoffs because he missed the Daytona road course. Now he's supplemented all the other starts they didn't have in the 98, 98 truck by running the nine truck that Cody Robaugh uh, usually runs. But he's sitting sixth in points, and they are already saying, sorry, you're not going to be allowed in the playoffs. But yeah. Austin Wayne Self, uh, who I believe is just outside the playoff line, yeah, Austin Wayne Self is uh, on the verge of making the playoffs. It, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me. No, and it's and that, but that's I will say that's the problem because if – you know, they applied for – I believe they said he did apply for a waiver. Sure, which he should and it, and it was denied. And that was like, you know, a lot of people asked Dale Jr., you know, hey, Josh, want to race? You want to – you know, but he also missed the Daytona road course. You want to put him in a car? Um, you want to you wanna try to, you know, get it? And it's different because Enfinger has races set up, you know, down the line. But, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just – I think it's just – it it, it – it, it becomes a problem if you just let guys like pick and choose which right, you know, I mean, sure. I don't have problems. That's the role. And you knew that going into the season. Yeah. And, and I, and I get that. You, you certainly don't want to, I, I feel like NASCAR has bent the rules of playoff waivers enough over the years yeah. 
I definitely don't want them to step any farther, but this is kind of one of those unintended consequences. And look, this wouldn't happen in the cup series. You're not going to have somebody that's going to come in and run a partial schedule and be competitive enough to be in the top 16 in points or something like that to put themselves in the playoffs. But in the truck series where, you know, sponsorships harder to come by, the payouts aren't nearly as good. These kind of things can happen. And I just feel like if there was some kind of rule to say, okay, if you're in the top 10 in points legitimately and there's not 10, there's not 10 other winners in the series already, you should be allowed to have a shot. You know what I mean? Because it, it just yeah. makes too much sense to me. Yeah. Now we're just ignoring how well this guy's running because uh, you missed this one race. Like, okay, I guess he should have gone and, you know, drove the six truck and start and parked or something like that. Then you'd be playoff eligible. But the fact that he didn't have that because of funding issues, then now he doesn't. You know, he doesn't even get it. This is a guy that was in the championship four that won four races yeah. last year, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. I mean, I, I don't mind him not doing it, but it, it's kind of – it's tough. Well, and to me, and I, I don't know if Finger as of right now, is going to be able to run all the races, but you got to imagine he's going to be running some of the playoff races. And, look, he's probably going to be up there competing for wins with these guys racing for the championship. And to me, that's just kind of like plastering in your face, like, you know, this guy should technically be fighting with these guys for this title, but he's not allowed to. Yeah, it's going to be funny when he goes and wins Phoenix. Oh, it was going to be hilarious. And you'd be like, well, dang. Okay, I, whatever. I, that's the kind of chaos I want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Playoffs are yeah. supposed to create drama. That's drama. Mm-hmm. Speaking of drama, we have a laundry list of news topics to talk about now that have happened in the yeah. past week. Um, I had to make quite a list of them here. Okay, so let's start off with the, I guess, most uncomfortable one. But Eddie DeHaunt gets reinstated as Chase Elliott's spotter. So the situation a couple weeks ago, the domestic um, situation that he had with the owner of this jet ski rental place that accused him of assault. And he got arrested. There were charges pressed and all this stuff. Turns out there was not enough evidence. There's no video evidence. Apparently, this lady has a history of doing this. So gets cleared on all charges. He's back on top of Chase Elliott. He's back spotting for Chase Elliott as well as Justin Allgaier. Um, he's back into his routine. What this has done to his personal life, there's no telling. But I don't know. That it did, and I get it, he didn't tell NASCAR. He didn't tell Injury Motorsports right off the bat. Is there a better way to go about this from NASCAR and Hendrick Motorsports' perspective going forward? Because he did get suspended, and it was kind of one of those, well, you haven't been proven guilty yet, but we're going to kind of hold you out until we find out. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, I think he was – I mean, they were saying – I think it was Bob Parker said that he was more suspended on the basis of he didn't tell NASCAR, yeah. and you're supposed to report that immediately. So I don't have a problem with that because he, he – I mean, he, he broke that rule, sure. number one. But I think, too – I didn't think it was right that he was cleared Thursday or Friday whenever he was cleared and was like, yep, jump right back into it. Like, do we not need like a, you know, did NASCAR sit down with him? Did, sure. did Hendrick Motorsports sit with him? I mean, yeah. I, again, the legal side of it, he was obviously cleared and, sure. and you know, whatever. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. How about that? I feel like everybody can learn from this situation. So, and mm -hmm. I hope no more spotters or anybody else in the NASCAR world get arrested. I will say, from DeHaan's perspective, 
he probably thought if he get if he told them about this, even if the charges hadn't been pressed yet, he probably thought he was going to get suspended. So that's probably why yep. he didn't tell them. Like, okay, if I don't tell them and it goes away, then I won't have to worry about it. Ends up coming up, up however many weeks or months later, he gets in trouble for that. But he probably didn't tell them because he probably thought he was going to be suspended on the spot for that, um, which we don't know if he would have. But again, like you said, doesn't tell them. It comes back up the news, then he gets suspended for that. So for hopefully nobody else gets in trouble. But if you do get in trouble, president should be, tell your team, tell NASCAR, you know, get ahead of it before it comes back and blows up in your face. Um, yeah. For NASCAR, I think you brought up a really good point there. Like, okay, if we, you know, if everything gets cleared on Thursday, should he be spotting a, a day later, two days later? Like, should there be kind of a grace period? You know, because again, we don't know what this has done to his mental health, his psyche, his personal life. Like there could be- right other things going on and you want to make sure that he's a you know he's good to go to get back up on the roof before you you know make sure that a 3400 pound stock car is maneuvering through traffic properly yeah yeah things to be learned from all sides there um i don't know what this is going to do to his reputation going forward (laughs) i was kind of fortunate to not be on twitter friday afternoon when all this happened because i can only imagine the negative backlash that came from this from the people that you know were were ready to throw him in prison the second all this you know came out a couple weeks ago yeah well there were definitely some takes on twitter we'll just leave it at that sure um and i'm sure there's still people directing lobs at chase elliott too because and the most ridiculous Mm -hmm. thing that i saw when this first came out was well chase elliott obviously knew yeah yeah i mean i'm I'm, they hang out i'm sure they don't hang out at outside of the track but whatever say, chase elliott is our age 24 25 and eddie Hahn is nearly 60 so i don't i don't know yeah. how how great of buddies they are necessarily yeah all right moving on uh in my note sheet here uh nascar is looking in to the potential of an electronic racing series in the coming years now there's no details to this this is just kind of speculation at this point um, you know, you look at what Formula E does in association with Formula One, it's like, it does, electrification does not affect the top level of racing in the world in Formula One, but it has an undercard series that does race with electric motors, electric batteries, whatever you want to call them. So, and with how tied NASCAR is to America, to auto manufacturers in general, I mean, this makes sense to me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, when I yeah when I read that, I was, I was intrigued by it. I, I thought there was, I think there's definitely an avenue that that could work with. I view it like this. So we know electrification is kind of where all manufacturers are going, and NASCAR has been adamant that they, until every single car on the American roadway is electric, NASCAR is probably not going to go electric themselves. They are going to want to continue to have internal combustion engines that are loud that make a lot of speed and a lot of horsepower. So mm-hmm. now, and, and again, a lot of these manufacturers are pushing more in this electronic direction. You know what carbon offsets are? No. So uh, companies can buy credits essentially, where you know if they emit all this you know nasty smoke up into the atmosphere, they can buy these government type credits to basically offset all the pollution that they put out. It's basically like a you know. I don't want to call it whitewashing, but it basically kind of puts a cover over all the bad things they're doing with something good. Like, hey, we planted 
a thousand trees just don't pay attention to all this black smoke we're putting in the air essentially that so yeah in my mind when i heard about this e nascar series um is okay nascar wants to continue running you know gasoline powered engines you know they're loud they make a lot of horsepower but the auto manufacturers want some kind of electrification out there then why not throw them a bone give them their own series where they can run electric race cars while still being able to keep the integrity of your top series for what people know it for. Right. And, and yeah, look, it, I, I don't think this is going to replace the truck series, the Xfinity series. I think this could be a series that runs a hundred mile sprint race on Friday afternoon before qualifying or something like that. Like it's not going to be anything like the top three series, but it's going to exist in some form. Right. So you know, again, it's all speculation at this point. There's no telling, but it seems like it's coming in the future. Yeah. All right, moving on here. A lot of, lot of, lot of things went on Friday. Um, another mm -hmm. one, um, Alex Bowman gets his two-year contract extension. So he was kind of, you know, he gets the 48 car after Jimmy leaves, Ally sponsorship. We didn't really know what the future was up until this point. He wins two races, so it's kind of hard to kick the guy out of the seat at that point, but as of now, he's at least signed through 2023, and to me, he's still got to prove himself. So yep. he's not going to be a guy that's going to be around. He's not going to be a guy that's going to get a lifetime contract, at least right now, like a Chase Elliott, like a Kyle Larson, even like a William Byron might even get. Like he's still kind of a little bit of an outsider to me on the Hendrick roster. So he's going to have to continue to keep proving himself and showing that he's capable of running up front and winning races. And so far, so good this season. And that's earned him this extension through the end of 2023. Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, we, we've talked about it before, how, you know, as young as the Hendrick lineup is, and, and they're running obviously really well right now, this is, a, this is a roster you could look at 10 years from now and it hasn't changed. And I think continuity is definitely something that Mr. H is looking for. And, and by, by getting Bowman on for two years – Next year, he won't be asked about his contract at all. I think it makes him a little bit better. You know, you don't have to constantly look over your shoulder for, you know, some Xfinity hot shot or, or somebody that could potentially take over your ride. Well, I thought it was really telling when all this got announced on Friday. Bowman said, this is the longest contract I've ever signed in my entire career. Yeah. That's wild to think about, but it's true. Yeah. So, so good good for him. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and and. He's got two wins this season, so he's doing well. I feel like a big part of this, too, it seems like Ally really likes him. And, yep. you know, Ally had the final two years in Jimmy and all that stuff, but, like, now they've got this young guy that they can kind of build a future around because, you know, hopefully he's going to be around for a long time in the 48-card Hendrick Motorsports. So I feel like that's a big proponent of why he gets this extension. Right. All right, continuing on. More news from Friday. So uh, GMS Racing announced that they're going to jump up to the Cup Series. Only going to run a part-time schedule. We don't know how many races. We don't know the driver. But this is another one of those teams that has toiled down in the Xfinity Series, down in the Truck Series, and now they're ready to make this jump up to the Cup Series. Will they go full-time in 2023? I don't know. But they're taking a step in that right direction to potentially be another full-time team in a couple of years that can be really competitive. Yeah, of all the of all the news on Friday, this was level one in shocking. I, I mean, it was just I didn't expect it at yeah. all. Yeah. Well, 
you know, we keep hearing about everybody's really sold on this new car and it continues to bring in these teams that want to come in and be competitive. And my interesting thing for, for GMS is they do have a Hendrick Alliance. Um, you know, Hendrick Motorsports has this four-team cap. We don't know if Junior Motorsports is ever going to make up the jump to the Cup Series. And you and I were talking about this before we start recording. So, you know, what if in 2023, Noah Gregson's ready to come to the Cup Series? Maybe Sam Mayer tears it up next year and wins the championship. Like, if you have that hotshot guy that you're ready to move up to Cup, but, of course, your Hendrick Motorsports lineup is still young and not going anywhere, that GMS car could be a de facto fifth Hendrick car, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it definitely brings options for Rick Hendrick. Yeah, well, because we see that, obviously, with, you know, 2311 racing. It happened with um, Levine Family Racing, with French Row Racing, where you had this, like, powerhouse team in JGR, and then you had this fifth car. And so kind of similarly with what the Wood Brothers has with Penske, with Penske. Like, okay, you have the powerhouse team, you have an affiliate team as well. So Hendrick hasn't necessarily had that. Yeah, they have affiliated teams, but not like one where you say, oh, well, that's essentially a fifth Hendrick car. This right. could be that kind of team. Yeah. Speaking of teams, GMS Racing, or not GMS Racing, Colleg Racing, who already announced they were going full-time next year, announced they have acquired two charters, and Justin Haley is going to run full-time for one of the teams. And then, this is interesting to me, the second team is going to run full-time with multiple drivers. So AJ Almendinger is going to run a select number of races, probably the road courses. Um, the other drivers are to be determined, but we're going to have a full-time team without a full-time driver next year. Yeah, that, that was odd, but, you know, they've, I, they've done an exceptional job, you know, starting their Xfinity program and getting to be where they're competitive on a weekly basis. So I trust everything they're doing, and there's probably a reason to it. And you know what? More power to them. Yeah, um, I'm impressed that they were able to acquire two charters because those things are – you know, uh, hard to find these days, it seems like. And with all this politicking and negotiating with, you know, Trackhouse Racing 20 through 11, trying to pick up second charters and stuff like that, for Colleague Racing to swoop in and say, hey, we got two of them. Like, I yeah. don't know how much money they had to throw at them because they bought both of them from Spire. Um, but, yeah, great for them for being able to pull that off. Yeah, yeah, definitely a, definitely a interesting kind of, you know, obviously the Justin Haley one, that's not surprising, but the – the half season for Almonding or, or more so. And then the other half is going to be, you know, just random drivers, I guess. Yeah. Um, interested to see how that works out. Great for Justin Haley. Um, I think he's proven himself very well in the Xfinity series. He's got a lot of cup experience too. Of course he's already won a race, but you know, he was running the 77 car again on Sunday. Now he ended up crashing out, but he was actually having a really good run up into the top 20. So he's not going to be this guy that's going to come into the cup series completely cold. Um, he's going to have a good level of experience. So maybe that learning curve won't be as big for him once he gets into competitive equipment. I think the key too is with the new car next year, you know, there's going to, you know, the thought of being on somewhat of a level playing field to start off the season. I mean, I think that'll help him grow. Well, we know one thing, he's a good super speedway racer. Yeah. So yeah, definitely gonna have to watch out from there. Um, let's see here. One more note. Um, uh, and this was this nothing's been confirmed here. This is just the rumor mill. I don't know if you've listened to Door Bumper Clear this week, but there was a hint dropped 
that Honda is going to be the new manufacturer coming in to NASCAR in a couple of years. Um, mm -hmm. They were at the top of my list. I'm really excited. I hope this does come to fruition. To me, it makes the most sense. They are very established in American motorsports already. Um, I think they definitely have a car in the Honda Civic or Accord, whatever direction you want to go there, that kind of falls in line with what the other car, other manufacturers do with their cars um, for how it's going to be with the next gen. So, you know, fingers crossed that this comes to fruition that Honda is the fifth manufacturer or the fourth manufacturer uh, in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how long it takes them and if it actually happens. I mean, I thought we've been talking about a new manufacturer for a while now. Yeah. And you know, it's just, let's see if it really happens this time well i mean that's kind of what this whole re-evolution process of nascar has been with going to a new car with you know um a streamlined process of buying from manufacturers where a new team like honda a new manufacturer like honda doesn't come have to, have to come in and you know figure out how to make all this stuff themselves they can buy from um dealers um as well as the new engine that's going to be coming in a couple of years where they can kind of start out at the ground floor with everybody else and, and build from there so you know, again, NASCAR has been adamant that they've made a lot of these changes to attract a new manufacturer, and hopefully it ends up coming true. And, you know, if Honda's the one, then I'm going to be pretty excited about it. Yeah, it's definitely the one that I was wanting as well. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, we had the Tricky Triangle this weekend. Uh, a lot of racing going on. So you're going to have the Trucks and Cup Doubleheader on Saturday, and the Xfinity and Cup Doubleheader on Sunday. Um, now, we'll say this. Kyle Busch is racing the truck series on Saturday, so that might go ahead and make your pick easy. Not racing the Xfinity series race this weekend, so an opportunity for somebody else to get a win there. Um, and we did this last year with the doubleheader. It was already on schedule. We didn't have any fans there last year. Like, do you like doing this? Like, is this something that could be adopted by more tracks in the future to kind of get two dates out of the way in a single weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think so. And, like, I, I'm not a huge fan of Pocono. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm just like, let's kill two birds in one weekend. Yeah, get it all out of the way. They run shorter races, which is cool. Um, I think this is something that, you know, we talk about shortening the season. I think that could be a way that you could definitely do it without <laughs> sacrificing the number of races you already have. Yeah, yeah. All right, with that, let's make our pick start off with the Chuck Series on Saturday. Um, I'm not going to pick Kyle, but I'm going to pick his teammate, John Hunter. I, I think he gets back on track. I mean, it's – that's the thing with Kyle. It's either he wins the race or he does something stupid. Sure. That, you know, penalty or, or something. So, I'm counting on a big speed and penalty this weekend. Well, it'd be too easy to pick Kyle Bush. I want to challenge myself. I don't remember what my lead is up to this point, but I know you've got hey, to – It's 18. To do. It's 18 what? To, okay. 18 so, to – I'm not, I'm not going to give myself an easy victory. So, I'll go out on a little bit of a limb. Um – I go to somebody that actually had a, was looking pretty strong on uh, Friday night at Nashville. I go with Zane Smith. Okay. Uh, to the Xfinity Series we go with their race on Sunday. Again, Kyle Busch not going to be in this race. I'm gonna I'm gonna go bold here. Um, Sam Mayer. Okay. Yeah. So and he's gonna be making his Xfinity Series debut. Yep, Xfinity Series debut. I think we're going to have another um, first-time winner, and I think it's going to be in his first race. Well, 
Ty Gibbs is going to be back in the 54 car. If Ty Gibbs races the 54 car in the Xfinity Series, he either wins the race or he comes darn close. Um, now, he, I believe he won at Pocono last year in the ARCA car, so it's not an unfamiliar track to him. He's going to have the speed. I don't see any reason why, you wouldn't, why, why I shouldn't pick uh, Ty Gibbs again to get his third Xfinity Series win. Yeah. Doubleheader for the Cup Series is going to have a race on Saturday and a race on Sunday, so just throw two picks out there. They can be the same. They can be different. Um, start off with Saturday's race. Yeah, so race number one, excuse me, I'm going to go with – here we go again. I'm not going to pick him this weekend, but um, I'm going to go with William Byron in race number one. Okay, and then race number two, I'm gonna pick Kevin Harvick. I think they'll use Saturday. I like what they. I like what I saw this past weekend from SHR as a whole. Um, I think if they use Saturday as a somewhat of a practice session, get that car right for Sunday, and I think that he could have a big day. So, and I believe they're gonna use the same lineup format that they did last year, where they're gonna take the lead lap cars from Saturday invert them. And that's going to be your starting order on Sunday. So theoretically, yes. like the guy that finishes 20th on Saturday is going to start at the pole on Sunday. These going to be short races. Track position is going to matter. Um, yep. If, if you're going to leave uh, Kyle Larson on the table, I'm going to take him on Saturday because I feel like it'd be dumb not to. Um, I like what you said okay. about Kevin Harvick on Sunday with the fact that they're going to have, 300 some odd miles of practice on Saturday who does really good when we have practice that's Kyle Busch who's really good at Pocono Kyle Busch so I'm gonna go with Kyle Busch on Sunday Uh, so give me Larson and Busch for the weekend all right sounds like a plan I got them wrote down I was gonna say it's gonna be an action-packed weekend of racing Um, like I said I don't think anybody's particularly a big fan of Pocono but it's still cool to just have a lot of racing on over the weekend yeah yeah so We'll be back to uh, break it all down next week and uh, see if Kyle Larson is dominated once again. Yeah, we will see. So thanks so much for listening. Subscribe to us on Spotify. We're now on Spotify now. We simply make it impossible not to listen. And we'll be back next week to talk all things Tricky Triangle. For Dalton Mullinax, I'm Tyler Head. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.